This is The Guardian. Today, a critical day for the Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak. How it unfolded and what it means. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm stood outside Parliament. Big Ben on the right. A ton of double-deckers on the left. There's a flock of tourists and it is raining with TV cameras everywhere. It is a dramatic day in Westminster for the biggest vote of Rishi Sunak's premiership. There's rumours of a vote so close, they're flying MPs home from the COP climate talks. Others on official trips are being told to turn back from the airport. And Sunak is even having emergency meetings over smoked salmon with his rebel MPs. It's about three o'clock... There's a vote in around four hours. A vote that Sunak insists is not a vote of confidence. But it is hard to see it any other way. So in we go. From The Guardian, I'm Nasheen Iqbal. Today in focus, Rishi Sunak, Rwanda and the rebel MPs. Kieran Stacey, you're a political correspondent at The Guardian, and you're our guide to what's happening in Westminster today. We're going to keep in touch as the day unfolds. It's about 3.40pm. How would you describe the mood today? I think the mood has changed about four times in the last 24 hours. You've got these very powerful Tory backbench committees grouping together, even having their own shadow whipping operations. So they're going around telling people how to vote, giving them incentives to vote a certain way, threatening them if they don't. It's all quite febrile. And nobody knows quite what's going to happen tonight. If Rishi Sunak does fail to get his bill through at second reading, that will be the first time any government, any prime minister since Margaret Thatcher in 1986 has failed to get a bill through at second reading. So it would be a historic defeat. And I think because of that, everybody is very on edge. Okay, so let's drill down into that bill because the Rwanda scheme has gone through multiple iterations and challenges. So can you remind us exactly what the bill is that's being voted on today? Yeah, this is the bill that came after the Supreme Court judged that the Rwanda scheme to deport asylum seekers to Rwanda was illegal. Rishi Sunak then came forward with a plan, says, look, I will produce a new bill to override those legal concerns alongside a new treaty with Rwanda to actually deal substantively with some of what the Supreme Court says. The key parts of it are that they deem that Rwanda is a safe country. So under British law, you cannot challenge this scheme on the basis that Rwanda is not a safe country because Parliament will have deemed it a safe country. However, they will allow individuals to claim that they have a particular reason 
they should not be sent to Rwanda. Now, the government says that those will be a very small number of cases, people say, with particular mental health problems or heavily pregnant people or people who have some kind of illness or injury that prevents them getting on a plane. A lot of Tory backbenchers think that actually the way the bill is worded would allow for a lot more appeals to the decisions than that. The other bit of this is what happens in Strasbourg, because, of course, the European Court of Human Rights is the thing that a lot of Tories are very upset about. Well, that's the thing I was going to ask. How does the government bypass what the Supreme Court has ruled on? I think the idea is that if you say Rwanda is a safe country and Parliament votes on it, then courts will be loath to go against that. There is this idea in British law that Parliament is sovereign. So judges should then take that as their direction. You will still, however, be able to go to Strasbourg and say this whole policy is illegal. What the bill says about that is uh, that they will allow that process to happen. Any interim injunction which comes from Strasbourg, which is these kind of so-called pyjama injunctions, late night injunctions, stopping a plane just as it's on the tarmac, those can be overruled by ministers. But Rishi Sunak has said that a final judgment from Strasbourg, which I think he estimates will take a lot longer, he will adhere to. So what we're confronted with the prospect of is a plane leaving because the temporary injunction to stop it has been overridden by a minister. And then the European court saying, actually, the scheme is illegal after all. And then a plane coming back, bringing those people straight back to the UK. So it is a a, a very complex piece of legislation, which even if it works, I think, leads to a slightly strange situation where you could see people sent for a period of time and then brought straight back. Kieran, most people understand Stop the Boats as being this key flagship policy for the Tories. So why is the party so split on how it votes today? Well, there are two groups broadly within the party competing for supremacy. First of all, you've got the One Nation Caucus, as they're billing themselves, which is essentially the left of the party or the the party centrists. They have really been the establishment of the Tory party for decades and have increasingly found themselves sidelined. They say, look, we're just about okay with a bill, but this far and no further. We don't want any sense of doing what the right wing want to do, which is completely either withdraw from the European Convention of Human Rights or to say that we'll just ignore judgments that come from it, which is kind of similar to withdrawal, to be honest. So that's their position. We'll accept this no further. The right of the party says the bill is so full of holes that we need something much stronger, including a provision that says we'll do what we want, regardless of what Strasbourg says. And so what you've got is these actually two competing versions of conservatism. Mm. And that's what's being played out in the chamber as we speak beneath us. Tory MPs are discussing exactly this. What does conservatism mean? For the left of the party, it means adherence to institutions, to laws, to uh, frameworks and guidelines, even if they're set outside this country. For the right of the party, it's something much more radical. It's more ideological. And they say that bringing down immigration and particularly stopping the boats is so important that we should override all other concerns. Tell me more about those on the right because it numbers roughly 100 MPs and they've proved to be pretty vocal, pretty awkward for the government in the last few years. What are they saying they'll do? Uh, it changes every hour. <laughs> so at first they were saying they would vote for the bill and then demand concessions. Then I think they realised that wasn't a very good negotiating ploy because why would the government give way to concessions if they thought they were going to win? So then the message became, well, we might not vote for it. And then by the end of last night, I was here in Parliament Monday 
nights up until about eight o'clock. And every call I was getting from a Tory MP would just get more and more set, it, from, from right-wing Tory MPs, I should say, it was getting harder and harder in its tone. And by the end of the day, they were saying to me, we're just going to vote against this bill. We don't care. We don't care if we don't get a Rwanda bill. We don't care if this costs the Prime Minister his job. We are so angry about this situation. That just seems so bonkers to try and bring your own party down from within. Well, I think they would say, first of all, what's the point of us being in power if we're not able to follow through on one of our absolutely key pledges and something that voters do definitely care about? They would also say, I think, privately that, look, we're 20 points behind in the polls. How much worse can it get? (laughs) So there is a group of people who think one last throw of the dice, maybe we should change leader again. I should say that is a small number of people. Mm. Most people on the right do not say they want to, to see Rishi Sunak ousted from office. But there are enough people who think, well, look, it's not, we're not in a good position now. We're not gambling with much here. So as things stand, it sounds incredibly fraught. And you know that because you can hear the Sky News helicopters overhead. <laughs> and this whole battle has been pitched in quite a dramatic way. Kieran, how has Sunak been trying to win both sides of his party over? Yeah, this is probably not Rishi Sunak's natural place to be as prime minister. It's essentially acting as chief whip, trying to corral votes, trying to promise groups of people competing uh, different things. But the real problem that Rishi Sunak has is it's very difficult to come up with a promise that satisfies both wings of the party. Because the right says, we need this civilian amended. The left says, we'll vote for it now, but if you civilly amend it, then we'll knock it down. And essentially, he's got to call one of those groups bluff. Now, often in this position, Conservative Prime Ministers have decided to call the bluff of the left of their party, who tend to be less combative. On this occasion, it might just be that the Prime Minister has had enough of giving way to the right and thinks that if the left of the party is willing to whip the votes in as strategic, in as organised a way as the right does, he can still get this done. So, Karen, walk me through the numbers, because how many votes would actually sink this bill? And how many votes are we talking on each side of those two factions? Well, I mean, the basic maths of this are the government's voting in favour and the Labour benches are voting against. So you really, you're down to the Tory majority. Now, as we know, in 2019, Boris Johnson managed to win quite a large majority. That's been whittled down for a number of reasons since. The working majority is now 56 So you either need 57 Tory MPs to stay away altogether, to abstain, or you need half of that number, 29, to vote the other way. Kieran, there's so much drama around today. Would you say that this is the most important moment of Rishi Sunak's premiership so far? If he loses this vote, it will definitely be the most important uh, moment of Rishi Sunak's premiership. It could even prompt, it could certainly prompt a vote of no confidence in him and could even prompt him resigning as Prime Minister. We are talking that important here. If he wins, maybe it becomes the moment where he took on the right of the party and won, and things start to shift a bit for him. The thing that Labour really fears here is that the bill goes through and they get one plane off the ground before the election, even with one person on it. Labour is worried that that then changes the narrative from all about being about internal Tory party fighting to saying to Labour, well, the scheme is up and running. Mm. What are you going to do now? And Labour have promised to scrap the scheme. So that's their position. So there is a world in which this all turns out very well for Rishi Sunak, but it's, it's such a knife edge to try and dance for him. 
because not only does he have to get through tonight, he then has to get through multiple other stages of the bill. He then has to actually get a plane off the ground, which will mean a minister probably overruling an injunction from a Strasbourg court, which could cause further problems for his party. So there's a lot of stages here, but there is a world in which he comes out of this pretty well. Karen, we've heard the dongs and the helicopter. That sounds like a good moment to check in with you again later. <laughs> All right, speak later. Look forward to it. Uh, Mr Speaker, I beg to move that the bill be now read a second time. This government is stopping the boats. Arrivals are down by a third this year as illegal entries... I will support the uh, the bill tonight, but I just say this. If it were to change and any of the safeguards that have been left in to be removed, then my support would go. This bill could be so much better. Let's make it better. Let's make it work. Madam Deputy Speaker, instead of wasting taxpayers' money, instead of these performative rituals, instead of all the deeming and the boggling and the scheming, what we should be trying to do is build cross-party consensus on what really needs... They can't even build consensus within their own party. So I do accept this is particularly hard for them at the moment. It is time to end all of this chaos Time to ditch the gimmicks. Time for the government to get a grip. So, Kim, we're now standing in Central Lobby. I'm told this is where all the action comes and goes (laughs) through. Very grand, very ornate. So, beyond the double doors that we can see flagged by two policemen. There is a debate going on and we're going to see if some MPs will come out and talk to us. The Guardian? Yeah, that, that, uh, that Marxist, quasi-Marxist, leftist, Maoist publication. Oh, sorry, is this being recorded? <laughs> go on, go Hi, on. Hi, uh, Dan Kaczynski, so you're Shrewsbury MP. Yes. Can you tell me how you feel today and uh, how you'll be voting? Well, um, I very much regret that the government hasn't given us a menu to choose from. It's Rwanda, take it or leave it Rwanda. There's been almost no explanation as to why none of the British overseas territories have been um, selected. But at the end of the day I will be supporting the bill because it is the only game in town and I want to send a signal to the criminal gangs that whatever we have to do, whatever it takes, we are going to methodically, slowly take them on and break their business model. If the bill gets amended in the way that some of the other you know, Tory backbench groups want, would you be willing to vote against it? Well, I have real concerns about... I have real reservations about pulling out of the European Court of Human Rights. And the Prime Minister has been very clever, I think. I have a lot of confidence in him. He's trying to go down a middle path here not to take us out of these international agreements, to go as far as he possibly can... And that's why I'm going to be backing him. And I very much hope my colleagues will support him. Thank you very much. So this is Sammy Kent, um, a producer from Today in Focus. We've just seen a big group in Portcullis House uh, hanging around Marc Francois, Miriam Cates and a few others. They've just come out of their meeting uh, where they've been discussing how they're going to vote. And uh, we're just going to go and see what they're going to say that we cannot support the bill tonight 
because of its many emissions. Therefore, while it's down to every individual colleague ultimately to decide what to do, collectively we will not be supporting it. So are you abstaining? The bulk of us will abstain. Do you have an idea of what sort of numbers you're talking about? Yes. Can Next you, question. Can you tell us? <laughs> no. When we booked a room this evening, we, we had to take the room that we could get. You know how busy these rooms are. By chance, we ended up in the Wilson room. Harold Wilson once famously said, a week is a long time in politics. Well, a month is a very long time. So let's pick this up again in January. We will table amendments and we will take it from there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much indeed. Sorry, one more. Order, order. The eyes to the right, 313. The nose to the left, 269. The Prime Minister will be breathing a sigh of relief. But what happens next? Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Today in Focus is supported by BetterHelp. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash today in focus. Kieran, 
up until the last minute, it looked really hairy, but the government won the day in the end with a fairly comfortable looking majority of 44. But that's not the full story, is it? Can you break down what just happened? Yeah, I mean, you say that it was a comfortable majority of 44. It's not quite as comfortable as it looks. 37 Tory MPs abstained, so stayed away entirely. Eight of those were technically paired, which means they had permission to stay away. And a Labour member also stayed away on their behalf. So we get down to about 29 Tories who rebelled by abstaining when they weren't paired or weren't supposed to. Now, 29 Tory MPs abstaining was not enough to defeat this bill. Mm. But if those 29 Tory MPs voted against at the next stage, it would be enough to defeat this bill. So I think, Nesheen, we were talking earlier about what the rebels really want is to send Number 10 a message. That is the perfect number to send Number 10 a message because it tells them all we need to do is convince those people who abstained to actually vote against at the next stage and this bill is dead. And so that gives them the leverage now to lobby very heavily for amendments at the next stage. So it's fair to say that We've not seen the last of the rebels and Rishi Sunak's many problems with this policy. Yeah, I mean, Rishi Sunak's problems with this bill are just starting. Uh, He now has a few weeks to go away. Parliament will rise for recess next week. People will uh, calm down probably a little bit. And Sunak will then have to decide, is he going to give way and make major changes to this bill as demanded by this group of around 29, 30 MPs? Or is he going to face them down? Is he essentially going to play chicken with them? And that's what he did tonight. And I suspect that's what he might do at the next stage as well. And as today has shaken down, what does it mean for Rishi Sunak? And what does it actually mean for that totemic pledge to stop the boats? Well, let's break that down into two questions. I'll take your second one first. What does it mean for stopping the boats? This policy probably means relatively little for stopping the boats. The permanent secretary of the Home Office was quoted this week as saying there's no evidence, at least yet, that this would have any deterrent effect. And if you were to deport, let's say, up to 100 people, which is the capacity of Rwanda at the moment, out of 160,000 or so asylum applicants... I think a lot of experts think that that doesn't actually have the deterrent effect that the Tories are claiming. So will this stop the boats? Almost certainly not. What does it mean in terms of Rishi Sunak's internal party management? It means that we are reminded yet again that he is in a very difficult position. He has been trying to shift his party away from the chaos of the last few years, but he's finding that incredibly difficult to do, partially because he doesn't really have a very strong mandate. He is prime minister because Liz Truss, the preferred candidate of the Tory members and of many Tory MPs, blew up so spectacularly. Mm. And yet again, I think tonight we've been reminded that his position within his own parliamentary party is weak. And yet we've both been in Westminster today just observing the general jitters and that febrile atmosphere, as you described it earlier, and a lot of drama but ultimately, it's it's transformed into a victory of sorts for Sunak. Yet, on the same day, on the barge that the government has transformed into a migrant holding centre on the south coast, a man has died, believed to have killed himself. And it's just a reminder here that when talking about these policies, we are also talking about people's lives. 
You know, I think that's really easy to forget when you're in Westminster and you're dealing with the day-to-day drama of votes and rebellions and whipping and all the rest of it. And we've had some fun. I've had some fun as a journalist talking about things like Brexit era, disagreements within the parties, emergency breakfasts at number 10 over pastries and bacon sandwiches and all the rest of it. But you're right. All of this actually has real world consequences. And if an aeroplane takes off before the next election with migrants on board, we shouldn't forget that those people's lives will change. And, you know, that's easy to do from Westminster, but it's important to try not to. Kieran, we're close to the end of the parliamentary session now. MPs are heading off for their Christmas break. What state is Rishi Sunak's premiership now in? I think what this week has confirmed to me, having watched Rishi Sunak now for a year as prime minister, is that... The lack of a mandate and his lack of support among the Tory grassroots is the thing that is causing him most trouble of all. Every time he tries to do something distinctive, do something different, split in a way from what's come before, he finds himself dragged back into the same arguments, the same rows that plagued his three predecessors. These arguments really, I think, won't get decided until possibly after the next election. It feels to me, and we were talking earlier about this, Nasheen, that what's really going on is an argument for the soul of the Conservative Party, an argument about what conservatism is. And that does not get decided by a prime minister who basically wasn't really put there by his own party. He, he ended up in that job by default. This needs to be played out in a proper leadership contest. And I think we'll have a much clearer sense of where the Tory party is likely to go after the next election, presuming they lose, if there's a leadership election. Now, if Rishi Sunak wins, that in itself is going to be very dramatic. That will give him a mandate beyond anything else. And I think then we'll see what Rishi Sunak really wants to be when he has the power to do what he really wants. It's a very big if. Kieran, thank you so much. Thank you. That was The Guardian's political correspondent, Kieran Stacey. Follow the latest from him and from our brilliant political reporting team at theguardian.com. And do make sure you're subscribed to Politics Weekly, which you can find every Thursday wherever you get this podcast. That's all for today. I'm Nasheen Iqbal. The producers were Sammy Kent and Tom Glasser. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. We're back again tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.